0: So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, FemRegard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network.
1: more at 91donkeylane.com See you there, you donkeys!
3: movie night if you thought last week's episode was fishy strap the fuck in because we're talking (laughs) about flying fish this week with piranha 2 the spawning as picked by me this was not the first time for me but i have a feeling it was the first time for my co-host so let's hear it were you not entertained
2: i had a blast watching this pile of crap (laughs) i saw this before with you oh yeah listen i remember when we brought up the idea of piranha 2 and I was like, oh, that's the one where piranhas walk. And you were like, no, they fly. And I was like, that sounds weird. So I don't know if we rented two movies the same night because the movie that I remember seeing was not in this. There was a there was an evil scientist involved in creating these fish. And it was like a little claymation fish walking around a pool. That's the first I'm- piranha.
3: Is it there's like there's a weird cutaway to in the lab there's just a claymation fish for like a split second
4: that they, they can walk
3: it just walks for it's so here's the thing piranha one is in a lot of ways a better movie but I think that piranha two is the more entertaining movie piranha one is very much hey this is a jaws ripoff and let's just make this super ridiculous because like dear god how ca- how terrifying can a bunch of tiny fish be. And like, that's pretty much the entire thesis for the movie and the back of the cover. If you see the back of the cover, like the VHS cover for Piranha, it is super like the the cover art and the back art are super, super misleading because the cover art is like a girl swimming and there's a gigantic piranha coming up to, to bite her. And then the back art is this shot of like these really interesting looking like claymation puppet piranhas all up against a cage like they're about to come in and get people in a shark cage that shot is the only shot where they use those puppet piranhas the rest of the movie is a bunch of uh paper cutouts of fish on wire <laughs> that they just keep moving past like a blue like screen to make it look like there's a horde of fish swimming And then it's just a bunch of like noises and like the water will like bubble up and people be like, oh, no. And then they go underwater. But yeah, there's one because it's Joe Dante's first movie and that dude loves claymation. There is a scene where they're investigating a lab and it just cuts this weird wide shot where there is like a claymation fish monster Mm -hmm. just walking across the desk that no one notices. And that's it. It's just there. It means nothing. Gotcha. It's like the same as like the dancing hamburger in Better Off Dead. It has nothing to do with oh anything. Oh my God, the there. dancing hamburger. So there's two things about Piranha 2. First of all, easily James Cameron's best
4: <laughs> that he That he did not admit to making until 2010.
3: Dude, reading the IMDb trivia about this movie and like the back and forth of like the involvement and then the non-involvement of James Cameron... Is insane, But the other thing that I have to say about this movie is that what it lacks in pacing and acting and direction and a script, it makes up for in Flying Fish Murder. And for that, I am eternally grateful. <laughs> so <laughs>
4: let's talk about Piranha 2, The Spawning. I loved the cover art. I just want to say I loved the cover art.
3: So which one are you referring to? Because there is a lot of different covers for the this one movie. where
4: the it's got a uh, girl's butt on it, dude.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I okay. mean, come on. <laughs> So the version that I have is the, uh, the Scream Factory Blu-ray, which I guess it's a new artistic rendering, but it's just a girl running up. Like, it's her face and her arms almost slammed against the box screaming while you see a flying fish coming right at her. <laughs> but the movie kicks off with the ever-popular... Uh, naked scuba diving sex scene oh which my is, god so weird i wrote weirdest fetish i've seen in a while and i know that we fetish shamed earlier in this month that's some that's some weird dangerous kinky ass shit she cuts off his underwear with a knife
4: yeah i thought that she was gonna kill him i was like a shit murderer <laughs> 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 but no i actually have a note that i was like deep divers are freaks man and i was like i don't care I'm kink shaming today and then we get into more kink shaming later. So it's this movie is very problematic to say the least.
2: Have you guys ever been snorkeling? No,
4: hell no, No. man. I don't like being somewhere where I can't breathe.
2: So snorkeling is the amateur hour of scuba diving and the way that it hurts your ears, Mm -hmm. it's like knives in your ears going that far underwater. I couldn't imagine banging, getting nasty, doing the deed, (laughs) doing the
3: deed. Uh, The piranhas, whenever they attack, kind of sound like putties from Power Rangers, honestly, (laughs) because they just roll in and like,
2: they like
3: all roll into like a little group. It's it's weird. The beginning, we meet this kid, and I. I had flashbacks to Sleepwalkers because I actually had to write, like, is this his mom? They have a weirdly sexually tense relationship. I hate it.
4: I hated
3: it. He's, like, hopping in bed with her. He's, like, trying to throw a a dead fish on her. I'm like, what is this relationship?
2: Yeah, that was super creepy.
3: Every time they talk, they're, like, right close to where you think they're just going to kiss. Yeah, Mm -hmm. very,
4: very gross. I don't like it at all. Not my thing. But you know what I do like is this next scene with this old lady wearing orange lipstick. You know what the doctor said killed my last husband? No, ma'am. Excitement. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking amazing.
3: So I have another note that I want to read verbatim that says, We're 18 minutes into this movie and they've already stopped trying to explain why people are topless at this
4: point. Wait, who is topless?
3: It just cuts to the two girls just on a boat, just having like a topless conversation for a little bit. Oh, yeah,
4: yeah, that's right. Like, there is so much nudity. but that's Actually, I don't think there is that much nudity because there were the naked divers. So you got to see a boob um, until she got eaten, until the boob got eaten. And then you see the two girls talking for a minute, but that's it. Like, no one else gets naked, right? The sex scene with the mom is just implied. Fair enough. It starts off with a lot of nudity, though.
3: In 20 minutes, we see a lot. And then they introduce my favorite character, who's Mel the Chef.
4: Oh, my God.
3: He kind of sounds like if Jimmy Stewart was playing Stanley Spadalski in UHF. Oh, man. Like He's just like, well, 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 I'll, well, I don't know. I could make you a dinner. Wow. Like, just like, <laughs>
4: what is happening to this guy? The best thing about him is that she's like, have you ever made it with two girls? And I'm like, dude's never made it with one. Yeah, you know, I haven't like. made it with one. <laughs> he's like, he comes in his pants at the concept of, of touching a woman.
3: Hey, Scott, remember I talked about the the little segment that I thought we should have on this show? Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, Matt, what part made you cry in this movie? Uh, I didn't necessarily cry, but I was very upset when they uh, were making fun of Mel the Chef and just had him throw all the food on the boat and then they just sailed away and left him abandoned. Maybe he so. shouldn't
4: have been a dumb shit who like put the food on and then did, they were like here throw us the rope. Like He's not all there. He's mel. He's like the fucking guy in Werewolf on Wheels who they they like sexually assault in the uh bar or whatever.
3: Yeah. It's but I I don't know. That one that that got me a little. I was like, oh, well, Um, so we get this reveal of a body. So the mom teaches scuba diving. She goes underwater and they find someone who basically just has their lower jaw like gnawed off. And I I love that the explanation is like, well, it must have been a shark. It's like, I don't know any shark attack in history that was just like a little bit of num-num-num on, on the jump <laughs> and then called it a day.
4: Like, Man, they they really fucked up not calling this movie num-num-num. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Verona 2, the
4: num-num-num-num. <laughs> but before that, we get the mom say, see you later, alligator, to her son, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that means two movies that Matt picked in a row. Where they do that stupid fucking see-a-later alligator, like, tongue-in-cheek shit.
3: After a while, crocodile.
4: Oh, my God. In a while. In a while. Did he just say after a while? Yeah. Oh, my God, Matt. Oh, you are so lost. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> this is not my beautiful house. Anyway. This is not my beautiful card. The, the, but then the guy that the mom eventually bangs, who is, spoiler alert, like a double-agent scientist who worked on the project that made the killer flying piranhas uh he goes do you dive on the first date which is you know that's a reference to Angus.
3: yeah so here's the big reason why i picked this movie and this is gonna sound sarcastic it is absolutely not that first flying fish reveal is beautiful the girl walking through the morgue She hears the sound. She like looks at the body and then just out of the like... Out of the guts. Out of the guts, you just see this head flop out and then it flies out, uh, which not one, but two different IMDb trivia pages said that the filming of that scene was the inspiration for the face hugger in Alien Reveal.
4: I don't believe it. (laughs) Poppycock.
2: Poppycock.
3: (laughs) Marky! (laughs) Well, especially because like they keep making a reference like James Cameron directed the first alien and he did it. He made the second one when the facehugger stuff had already been a thing.
4: You know, IMDb trivia is kind of stupid. Uh, I, I love I
3: mean... it, though. I love my favorite thing about IMDb trivia isn't necessarily the trivia, but it's when you stumble upon a particularly dumb one, and then you get to look at the bottom where it has the thumbs up and thumbs down, and you'll see, like, two two people out of 70 found this. Useful. And you're like, yeah, fucking idiot. Like, at a certain point, <laughs> at a certain point, it should be like, okay, if it's like, 90% don't find this interesting we just remove it from the trivia page.
4: That would require them to actually monitor that shit and I can't imagine anybody. IMDb is a wasteland.
3: This is true. It is there are so many fake sequels that exist on IMDb because someone made a page and no one bothered to take it down. I love that this movie though is like it it reminds me of uh I'm going to say a little bit of that Ed Wood
4: <laughs> aspect of like uh, yeah, just hold it and make it look like it's killing you.
3: <laughs> it's oh yeah,
4: it's it's fighting. It's the uh, school of fighting fighting inanimate objects, and I love it. This actually, the nurse's death scene is like really gory.
3: It's really good. I, I think it's there awesome. are some very good scenes in this movie. Mostly, all of them involving people getting attacked by fish.
4: I mean, but I think that's what. They knew what we were here for, you know?
3: Yeah, and, and you know what? Kudos to them or fuck them. I'm not sure where I stand on it just yet for waiting a good 45 minutes before we get to see the flying fish in action. but uh, It's called
4: Tension, Matt. Yeah,
3: well, this is not a movie that needs tension.
2: <laughs> no, it really doesn't.
3: There's the one guy, the one fisherman that you see in the beginning who uh, gets caught in his, like, tub filled with the fish. And That's like, the, the kid.
4: That's the kid of the fisherman.
3: Uh, the kid the, the kid of the fisherman. But there's, like... a. There's like a very like weird, he like tries to get up and like there's a hook that's keeping his shirt in place or something. It's so dumb. It's so dumb how he can't get out of the tub. God, I love this movie. The the whole like we want fish
4: chant. Oh my God, yes. So I feel no sympathy for those fucking morons because they are like, <laughs> they're just going to go and get, uh, they're called Grunians. That's the, uh, which does, that sounds like something you call your ball sack you know like it's not really well, uh, uh, it doesn't sound like a real fish name but apparently grunions, who part of their dna was spliced into the killer piranha and that's why they decide to come up onto the beach to spawn why it's called piranha to the spawning but uh, they so these the, this this guy is like okay we're gonna do grunyon fishing which is basically just these idiot tourists picking fish up with their hands which seems really inhumane to me so i i felt really good when the uh fish started to kill everybody there fair enough but it only killed like all the there are supposedly like you know a hundred of these flying piranhas only six people get murdered can i tell you who my
3: favorite person that gets murdered during that scene is and it might actually be the best scene in the movie is the fisherman post his son dying he tries to shoot (laughs) well he's just having this like Final showdown with the fish, where he's just bobbing and weaving
4: as they're flying, <laughs> their and everybody is like, everybody got away. Yeah, everyone. You flies. know, they're in the hotel, and, and and they're just like, oh, wait, no, <laughs> come back. Eventually, too many the fish overcome him.
3: But man, watching him bob and weave for a couple minutes was like spectacular. There's two things that I've noticed with like as we've been watching more and more of these movies, and I, I mean,
4: it's- this is gonna be a long summer of this too listeners
3: <laughs> but like there's two things that i've noticed with with these types of movies and i'll just call them like i don't want to say aquatic movies because like the aquatic movies are a lot of like the underground lair stuff but more of this like people on the beach and there's something in the water that's that's killing people is that one aspect of it is that any scene that doesn't involve the killer animal just feels like b-roll from like Caddyshack, shack like it's just <laughs> like yeah like wacky teenagers hanging out at the at the hotel type stuff and that every one of these movies ends with an explosion. Like, that is the only solution, apparently, to killing a monster in the water is you got to blow that shits
4: up.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I mean, I don't see why this is a surprise to anyone, because that's exactly how in America, you that's how you fix your problems. That is true. Blow that shit up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: I mean, Piranha 2,
3: good time, crazy flying fish effects. James Cameron working his... Ass off for five percent of the movie, and then someone else directing the rest, but he gets all the credit. I mean, but he didn't
4: want the credit.
3: Yeah, Lance Hendrickson just strutting out, being like, "I'm I'm here, I'm Lance." His doing? hair
4: is so bad. <laughs> you know what? I I really gotta point something out about this movie, and and I don't mean this in a bad way at all. This is a slasher movie. It is.
3: It like, is played out in the beats of a slasher movie. The fish
4: seven. aren't hungry; they're insane, and they yeah. want to. It, it's just, there's even an underwater chase scene where the, the mom and the scientist fuck toy go back into the ship to set the depth charges. And then he gets caught because the fish are like the piranhas are coming after him, you know, uh, down this, this hall or in a hallway, but like a, a, a shoot of some sort. And, uh and, and he gets caught and then it, they eat him and she gets away. But that's literally a chase scene. It could be prom night.
3: So I've got a couple James Cameron, factoids from IMDB trivia that I do want to read. First of all, in an interview James Cameron stated that he he doesn't think that this movie is that bad. In fact, he believes that The Spawning is actually the finest flying piranha movie that's ever been made.
4: Yep, I do love uh, that quote.
3: He also said that the movie gets better about halfway through when seen at a drive-in with a six-pack of beer by your side. <laughs> but this one I'm will Let's see how we feel about this. But uh, James Cameron had to come to Rome to see the film's post-production, but he spent his entire advance salary on his plane ticket. So with no money for food, he just began snatching leftovers and rolls from dinner trays throughout the hotel. Due to the exhaustion and his maltrition, he grew ill with a fever and had a nightmare about a metallic torso emerging from an explosion and dragging itself over the floor with kitchen knives, which led to his idea for his following movie, The Terminator. Sure. Why not? yeah let's go with it (laughs) it seems like everything that i read seems like he really wanted to be more involved in this movie because i mean obviously his name is going to be on it but it it was apparently some scam ran by this producer i think he was in italy yeah because rome where he like would direct movies but then hire american like up-and-coming directors to to like get the directing credit so that he could sell it as an American movie.
4: I mean, that sounds about right. And we've, we've watched quite a few movies that are pretty obviously like money laundering schemes. Most recently mausoleum. Yeah. But that was mafiosa, not like actual Italians, but yeah, I'm not trying to say all Italians are are mafiosas, mafiosos.
3: Uh, I mean, it kind of sounded like you did, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Shit, but, but, uh, It seems like James Cameron was, like, desperate to not have this movie be as bad as he felt like it came out being. But it's fun! It is a really... I think it's a very fun movie. But I get it. I mean, if this is your first movie and you're trying to make a big break for it, it's not exactly the... The thing you want to put on your director's reel to like send the studios and be like, "I made this." Brian, you've been unreasonably quiet. What are your thoughts? He fell
2: asleep. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm snoozing. I mean, it, it it's what, what's there to say about this movie that hasn't already been said? You know, fish fly, James Cameron, incest.
3: <laughs> you know,
2: yeah, yeah. You hit all the. That's all the beats that we need to to hit. It was, it was a fine movie, but that's all I have to say.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That was, that was fucking brutal, man.
0: Hi listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm. Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the bids. So come join the Fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, FemRegard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network.
1: 91 Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a
2: lot of texts? People found out what we did.
1: Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an
2: infinite amount of tiny Mike
1: Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys.
3: Hey, we're going to dive into our double features in just a second. But first we are once again sponsored by Best Fiends. This game has been the lifesaver of my lockdown. I have been playing so much. It's helped me just block out all the things that are happening around the world and just focus on having a good time fighting some slugs, connecting a bunch of colored images, and just relaxing relaxing it's all we can dream for right now it's such a stressful time in the world and sometimes it helps to just have a little game to play and i know for a fact that some of you are already playing i see you on the board and i know that i've surpassed you and you know what maybe one day you'll catch up to me maybe one day it'll happen but today is not the day you've got to try harder to top me in Best Fiends, go and engage your brain with these fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over a hundred million downloads, this five-star-rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. So download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. And
4: now back to the show. All right, well then, Matt, what are we? What are you gonna do for your um, double feature?
3: Uh, I'm going to go with one that has been picked multiple times as double features, but I, I still stand by it being one of the finest films that we've ever watched for this podcast that involved any type of aquatic please, creatures. Please. I'm going with The Last Shark.
4: Yes. <laughs> I was going to, and I was like, no, no, Matt deserves that that one for, for his efforts. Man, Last Shark is such a good time. It's such I shit. I
3: constantly, I'm like, maybe I'll rewatch The Last Shark. <laughs> like,. It's so
4: bad, but it's so fun. I know, like I don't like killer animal movies. They don't do anything for me, really, unless they're monster animals, like Piranha Two. Although, actually, all the Piranha movies are pretty fun because of their very lighthearted nature. But didn't enjoy Alligator Two. Alligator One is okay, but I won't like. I mean, I like it, and I think we got a good episode out of it. But um, I don't think that I would like, you know, revisit it anytime soon. But man, Last Shark. I will revisit anytime because that is the most bombastic killer
2: animal movie I've ever seen. I don't know dude the pool scene in alligator still bothers me
4: well no I mean like i, I I'm not saying that Alligator's not good he's uh, it, not worth like a rewatch. I'm just saying that if it's if it's up to me, my rewatch is gonna be going with like the last shark or some or maybe gnaw food of the gods you know those <laughs> those are just. Absolutely ridiculous giant animal movies, because I like that ridiculous aspect, which should be a surprise to none of none of you listening or my co-hosts, because I have a very obvious predilection for the absurd.
3: OK, so what's your double feature? <laughs> um, I was
4: actually going to go with. So this is a Fourth of July movie. And so I am going to double feature it with another Fourth of July slasher. I know what you did last summer.
3: All right. All right. All right. All right. How about you, Brian? Orca. say the full name brian orca (laughs) the killer whale there's this one long list that says this is one of the cycle of 1980s and mid to late 1970s movies that got made after the box office smash that was jaws these movies include their the three sequels jaws 2 jaws 3 and jaws of revenge as well as orca the killer whale piranha tentacles killer fish barracuda T- to Tora, the killer shark blood beach piranha to the spawning the last shark up from the depths humanoids from the deep screamers devilfish, and mako the jaws of death
4: now here's a question
3: yes we'll watch all of them at some
4: point <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. oh man there there was one on that list that i i, I had a question tentacles about. tentacles thank you is that an octopus <laughs> one that is an octopus one is it good
3: it's all right <laughs> it would be pretty low on my list of ones that i would make us watch But I'll give it a rewatch. I have the there was like a double disc Blu-ray that um, Scream Factory put out really early on that had that in a different movie that I was trying to actually own. But let's talk about things that we've done, read, seen that we want to promote. I know for me, I just finished reading a really great book written by my friend Jason. He's the one of the two hosts of geek history lesson called super soldiers. And it's a pretty interesting book. It doubles as both a memoir, as well as a history of comic books. And it is a breakdown of investigating different comic book characters that served, served in the United States military at one point or another. And then he also uses it to talk about Uh, his struggles being a geek being deployed to Iraq shortly after September 11th and how like being in Iraq is what got him back into reading comics uh, because there was I think it says it was something about like he was deployed and he got a care package and it was right around when the Ultimates comics first started coming out and he got an Ultimates uh, comic in some random care package that was sent and immediately called his mom and was like I need you to subscribe (laughs) my name to ultimate Spider-Man and ultimate X-Men and have them shipped to like this location (laughs) so I can keep up with what's going on in these stories because they're great. And uh, that like led him back into being in comics and not feeling so alone when he was like super far away from everybody. But uh, it's really, really a really interesting and touching book. So I highly recommend it if you're into comics at all. Uh, It's got some great history on the background of some of these characters and a couple characters I never knew existed.
4: All right. Well, uh, continuing on the the nerdiness factor of that, building on that, I w- have watched hours. Of, this is so weird. I, I I'm almost ashamed that I've watched so much of it. I've wa- I yesterday. I just had hours of this Doom Eternal playthrough, playing on my. Personal computer while I worked, <laughs> like hours of it. You I think weren't that even I'm... playing it; you were just I was, watching someone I, else. Play. I wasn't even watching necessarily. I was kind of like half paying attention, and then if there was like a, t- a cut scene or some discuss, some some exposition, I wanted to know what the concept of it was. And then I was like, oh, but it's got pretty colors and lots of boom, boom monsters. I have burnt my way through fourteen videos of it, which each video is like between thirty and forty-five minutes, but I've also skipped around by the last like four or five. I'm like, okay, I've watched Doom Guy blow up zombies for hours. I just want to get to like the boss battles. And I don't even play video games anymore. It's just like this weird itch that's scratched by kind of tertiarily having a, a video game experience. Also, the music is is sick. Like Mick Gordon is the guy that he's a guitarist, metal guitarist who does the um, the soundtrack work for Doom um, games. And it, it is pretty brutal. I mean, it's it's good stuff. Um, he uses like an eight string guitar, nine string guitar. I think you borrowed from somebody for like the last one. Um, but the music is great. And uh, it's just very it just feels so strange because I'm like in my late 30s i don't have a gaming pc i don't even have a console that is hooked up anymore and i'm like yeah i think i'll just watch six hours of somebody else playing doom eternal
2: (laughs) i mean tiger king dude yeah that's it i mean tiger king we won't talk about it more until next week but i kind of just watched tiger king and then i watched uh uh, episode one of star wars and i'm only three episodes into ozark so i have nothing to report there so how did we you kind of were like awkwardly silent when we had this
3: conversation yesterday did phantom menace rewatch live up to your memories of phantom
2: menace well i think the thing was is i mean you're the
3: appropriate th- age for the prequel
2: yeah you know i saw it i saw it at 10 you know and and obviously i enjoyed it when i was 10 and then it was it's been i'm like 20 years removed at this point and it's just been like an abortion for, you know, <laughs> 15 years. So, like, I think that I was shocked that it wasn't as terrible as I was led on to believe. But also, I am like, you know, I'm not one to get in Star Wars debates because I am, ooh, pretty lights. And not so much, ooh, <laughs> death. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So like Star Wars to me is just like a a ride. That's 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 always what they've been to me. That's why I never really get in Star Wars debates. It's like it's like going on a ride and like, you know, I don't care if there's continuity errors. I mean, I do I do have to apologize. I was a little hard on Chewbacca. Yeah, what the fuck, man? Yeah, George R. Binks is fucking annoying.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you finally saw the error of
2: your ways, action boy, now 69. Chewbacca <laughs> <laughs> is a fucking close second. You know what I mean? He, he sucks, too. But Jar Jar sucks. How you dare know. you? Sucks way All deep. right.
3: Sucks eggs. So before I get angry, you have heard it here first. Uh, you know, watch. You've got a week to watch uh, Tiger King if you're a couple months behind the rest of the world on watching Tiger King. Uh, And then we'll talk about it on here, but that won't be the only strange thing that we're going to talk about in this land of horror movie night. So tune in next week to find out what we're discussing and we will be back as always, but you can always check out all of our social media. It's found in the episode description notes uh, inside the episode description. Wow. That was a lot that said very little. Uh, And we'll be back next week with another
4: horror movie night. A lot that said very little is kind of like our tagline.
0: So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, FemRegard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network.
1: More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys.
0: You're listening to the Geekscape Network.